Hey team, welcome back to The Pillars, the podcast of the 363rd ISR Wing. I'm Dr. Reed in the studio today with Tech Sergeant Joe. Hi everybody. And Dr. Jerry. Hey guys. Hey, and uh, today we're talking about transitions or making first impressions. Uh, how do you do that well? And I think you'd have to probably have your head buried in the sand over the last couple of weeks not to recognize that there's a lot of transition going on mm -hmm. across our wing. We've got a lot of change of commands that have been happening. We have personally attended several of them. Uh, but in addition to the changes that are happening in our formal leadership, we're in the midst of PCS season. So mm -hmm. a lot of people coming and going, and that means uh, a lot of turnover in positions. And some people are taking on new roles and responsibilities associated mm -hmm. with those changes. And so that's kind of what we're in the studio today to talk about is how do you make these transitions successfully? How do you step into a new role, mm -hmm. put your best foot forward and make a good impression? Yeah, and if you haven't heard, we unfortunately are losing our very own Dr. Jerry. Uh, so he's going through his own version of a transition. Of a transition, yeah. right. So what, what's been going for you in this transition? Well, you know, I'm trying to think about it just like, um, you know, during my active duty days, just like it's another version of a PCS, mm. right? So, I mean, we, you know, if you've been in the military for any period of time, you've already been through a major transition when you joined. True. Um, and you'll go through inevitably another one when you get out. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then all in between, we've got PCSs or PCAs, um, extended TDYs or deployments. So, a myriad of different transitions that we have to learn how to navigate. And so, um, because I know that I've got historically this, this experience with it, I'm trying to think about it um, in a similar manner. Um, but being cognizant of the fact that there's so many different um, things or different parts of me that are having to make this transition. So we're just not we're not just moving to a new place, um, but I'm also taking on a new job with a new role. I'm um, you know having to develop a whole new routine in terms of uh, you know my day to day, mm -hmm. um, how and when I get up in the morning, how I prep, my commute, um, having to you know visualize all that right now because I've been doing the same type of thing for um, just about the past six years. Um, I think probably my biggest anxiety, I know you didn't ask this, but it's kind of <laughs> on my mind. Uh, my biggest anxiety is that um, for the first time in a long, long time, I won't be working with exclusively military folks. Mm. Um, I accepted a, a, a pretty nice leadership position at a, a large hospital system in Nebraska. And um, these folks have met me but once <laughs> when I when I interviewed and um, they don't have any kind of history with me nor I with them. I'm not showing up with any kind of rank on my collar yeah. or, or any kind of like bona fide uh, cred credentials. Well, obviously, I've got my professional credentials, but nothing that they can you know, look at me and say, oh, OK, this guy's got experience or knowledge or you know, some kind of authority. So I have to essentially start from scratch and um, build that up, build up that kind of rapport. I think that I'm probably um, you know, most anxious about that just because um, I've benefited from that. Uh, both within the military and within our organization. Just, um, you know, having gotten to know people and, and people getting to know me. And, um, you know, now I've got to start off making brand new first impressions. So I like that. I mean, you're talking about, uh, on one hand, this isn't your first rodeo. Right. You've certainly been through a lot of transition in the past and you're able to reflect on your experience. 
what you've done well through those transitions, and you carry that forward as mm -hmm. you're going into this new job. And you're respectful of the fact that this is a wholly new enterprise uh, that you're going into. Right. Uh, you're not coming in with a whole lot of um, uh, maybe gusto, basically saying, hey, I know what to do here, like mm -hmm. step aside everyone. Um, and there is no obvious markers you were talking about. There's no obvious markers. People can't size you up with some of the, you know, the traditional markers that we use in the military to identify a person's, uh, you know, their pedigree, their history, what they've done before. Mm -hmm. uh, they may not know what kind of expectations they can have of you um, as, as a new leader in their organization. And, I like no, that. and we, we try to guess that from um, people's bios. Mm -hmm. So especially with leadership, um, a lot of times their official bios will be circulated and we'll see, uh, oh, this person has this education, they went to this school in residence, they have these assignments. So try to get a kind of a gauge for you know, who they are and what they're bringing to the table. Um, I think the part of the challenge with me that um, everybody listening to this either has faced or will face is at some point you're gonna make that military to civilian transition. Um, even if you're already a civilian and you're working for the military, if you choose to go work for a, a non-government, non-federal um, organization, they're going to look at your resume, your, your bio, if you will, and say, um, I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> we don't know how to right. size this person up. Right. And so you're, you're kind of putting yourself in proving ground territory where, um, you know, right off the bat, you're going to be evaluated by those first initial um, uh, impressions that you make. Right. And here's a plug, I guess, for uh, TAPS or the TAP class yeah, that you go definitely. through. Is helping folks to translate their military experience mm -hmm. into something that uh, civilian employers uh, can more easily understand. So mm -hmm. maybe you were a flight leader or a squadron commander, but what, what does that mean? What, what size of organization are we talking about? What were your roles and responsibilities? Yeah, I definitely think that when you're in that transition phase, uh, humility can help mm. a little bit along the way, mm, right? Yeah. And then kind of managing the expectations, understanding that maybe not everybody speaks the same lingo as we, we normally speak in the military. That's <laughs> a great point. <laughs> you talked a little bit about some of your anxieties going mm -hmm. into this new position, um, but I also wanna, I wanna find out what you're excited about. Okay. What are you excited about in this new role that you're going to? Well, um, you know, there, there's the cliche about a fresh start, um, but in this case, I think it's um, it's apropos for you know, my family and I and um, what we're looking at. I mean, we're we're starting everything afresh, mm -hmm. and so uh, you know, it gives us a chance to really decide what we want our lifestyle to be like. And um, because we'll be near family, it's it's gonna. I mean, our lifestyle is gonna change just because of that, I mean, just naturally, we're probably gonna be spending a lot more time with um, you know, extended family members, and um, I'm actually really looking forward to that, and um, you know, have my kid grow up with his cousins and everything. So I think that's something that probably resonates uh, with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. uh, a PCS, or mm -hmm. a new leadership opportunity, brings the opportunity for a fresh start, you know, a new look at things, a new opportunity to develop skills, and it may be, uh, if luck has it your way in the military, you might be get closer to family. It yeah. might bring those kinds of opportunities. Mm -hmm. What else are you looking forward to in this new role? I, I think, um, you know, the opportunity to build on some leadership skills and some other um, skill sets that maybe I just not have not had the opportunity to, hmm. to do before. And so whether you're, you're in a quote-unquote leadership position or not, um, whenever you PCS, you make that transition, there's always going to be opportunities to um, to improve yourself professionally or personally. And so 
Um, I don't know exactly what those opportunities are going to be yet, but I'm excited to seek them out and, and try to navigate that. Um, but Sarnakenberg, I really like what you said about humility because yeah. mm-hmm. I, I recognize that while I may have some, well, it's been recognized, otherwise I wouldn't have had the, you know, gotten this job opportunity, that they, I possess some transferable skills um, for this job. Um, I don't know exactly what it requires yet. And so, you know, even for our folks who are, who are PCSing, they may, you know, see a job title and be like, oh, yeah, you know, I can do that. I can be NCOIC of this or flight chief of this. Um, you don't know exactly what all that's going to entail until you get to that unit. Yeah, I think it's really important to be willing to admit that you don't know everything. And just because mm. you're a, a leader doesn't mean that you have all the answers. And right. so when you don't know something, speak up, say so. Make it a point to inquire, to study, and to learn, and to admit where you might be falling short in your knowledge of operations or whatever the case may be. Absolutely. And I, I think people uh, appreciate, by and large, a genuine leader um, who's willing to um, speak candidly about their flaws or about their you know, knowledge gaps, whatever they may be, uh, more so than somebody who just tries to have all the answers or tries to put themselves out there like they're the end-all, be-all. So I'm glad that you brought up flaws, <laughs> uh, leadership flaws. So you've had enough experience, I think, at this point to have developed some insights, or at least I hope so. Um, what, um, what flaws have you had to kind of work on? And I, you, know, you, you knew you were going to be on the hot seat here wow, as we started this interview. okay, we're going what, there. It, what flaws, if you're willing to kind of be vulnerable with our listening audience, have you had to work on um, through successive leadership roles? Oh, man. Um, I'd, I'd say probably pride is, is the biggest one, mm-hmm. um, okay. the first thing that comes to mind. Um, I, I have really had to, I think, struggle with being more humble. Um, and I know that's that's weird to say, but again, that's why I like that Sarnakenberg brought it up because I think that's so important um, for a leader and for gaining the trust of, of the people whom you're trying to lead. Um, if you guys remember a while back, I did a series of five minutes to thrive on uh, Lieutenant General Quast's mm-hmm. um, you know, five or four major hallmarks of leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one was nobility. I think I overdid that one. <laughs> and so I've been uh, trying to remind myself to work more on the second one, which was humility. Yeah. And then courage and compassion rounded out the four. And so, um, yeah, I'm, uh, that's something that I've really been trying to work on. I appreciate you bringing that up and, uh, you know, being willing to be vulnerable in that way, because I imagine that that's something that a lot of people struggle with as they come into a new role. Um, if anything, their anxiety about being new in a uh, you know, feeling incompetent may mm. drive them to overcompensate, right? Absolutely. And to come across as trying to be very effective or very mm-hmm. knowledgeable when really and realistically their, um, their experience doesn't sort of connote that they should have that much, that mm-hmm. they should be speaking that authoritatively or that pridefully on any kind of subject. Well, and what I know from a lot of my PCSs, especially in leadership positions, is that when you're coming into a new leadership position, there's such a hunger mm-hmm. from, <clears throat> excuse me, prior leadership, the airmen, for you to come in and solve mm-hmm. all the old problems, yeah. right? They're really looking for that, that new blood, and sometimes there is the expectation that you need to have all the answers. And so I think coming in with the idea of listening to learn 
right? Growing with the airmen, understanding what the gaps are, but not quick to make decisions, mm -hmm. right? Really get to understand how this new job works, how your new position flows, Absolutely. and then start making small changes. But there is, I know from experience, this overwhelming urge for you to come in and just like make action, make change. And, and to be that savior, to be mm -hmm. able to say yes yep. and to, to gain that immediate rapport yeah. with other folks. But, you know, I uh, had a, a really awesome squadron commander um, a few years ago who um, gave me two pieces of advice. She right. said, when you come into an organization, don't change anything for at least the first month, more if you can. Yeah. Uh, because you want to see what's what the status quo is and how things are already operating. It may just be perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you may not need to really do make any big changes. So learn the system first. Learn the whys behind the processes before you do anything. And the second piece of uh, advice she she gave me was um, the people who the the first three people who barge in your door and uh, ask for permission to do something. <laughs> tell them no yeah. <laughs> because they have been they've probably been hearing no for years and yeah. they're just waiting for some new person to come in who doesn't know the background or the history and will just jump at a good idea so mm. you know don't don't be that yes person right there's away. probably some there's probably wisdom there <laughs> yeah. yeah all right joe i want to point the truth ray at you for a second sure. you uh, you talked about your experiences as a leader a little bit what pitfalls or what uh, what mistakes maybe have you had to learn from as a leader so many <laughs> so many uh, I have been called compassionate uh, enthusiastic right wait very, those sound like good things yeah well you would think <laughs> but then the way that they sometimes are used it's almost as like a you're too enthusiastic you're ah, too passionate so you did that interview thing where you describe your greatest weakness as a strength yeah okay. <laughs> right clever um, but what I've learned is, is that I've had to take a step back. Like, I am quick to action. So if I see wrong, I want to correct it. I want to fight for the airmen. Um, but I've learned, too, that you can get yourself in trouble that way. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember specifically an airman came to me one time and told me this horrific story of his experience with a supervisor. And I just locked arms with this member, mm -hmm. and we went straight to the first sergeant. And the first sergeant was like, thank you, Sergeant Joe, but like had the member stand outside the door and then she proceeded to tell me the real story. Mm. And so it was a good lesson that, uh, you know, it's okay to be the lending ear and it's okay to be action, but let's take more into consideration, right? Yeah. Get a whole picture versus just that snippet from that airman. And that was really um, helpful for me because in the future, I've had mm -hmm. situations come to me and I've been able to gather more data get a little more insight into the situation before action had to be taken. And I think that that benefited everybody a little better than just locking arms and creating, you know. And I think we feel under pressure sometimes when we're in these major transition periods mm -hmm. to jump right to action. Yeah. Um, but I think we can alleviate a lot of our own discomfort um, once we are settled into a new place and or a new job if we just kind of sit back for a little mm -hmm. bit and allow ourselves to get settled yeah. and to, to, you know, just understand, um, you know, the status quo before we try to take any more on. You know, we say that and we're all sitting here around the table nodding and kind of uh, resonating with that idea of just mm -hmm. kind of take a moment to breathe. You know, yeah. when you think of that OODA loop, that kind of observing mm -hmm. and orienting, looking around, you that's such an important, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a part of my training. Right. I just like to say it. <laughs> 
But I think we all understand that that's an important part of the process. And yet, mm -hmm. in spite of that, there seems to be something that compels us to want to jump into the deep end, probably before we've you know looked around to see that there aren't sharks or other hazards mm -hmm. uh, in the water. And so I just throw that out there uh, because I think a lot of us come into these positions and we um, we know that's probably what's best, but we just start you know, thrashing and flailing and doing stuff to be seen as productive or mm -hmm. helpful or yeah. to make a good impression. Some of it is self-inflicted. So some of mm -hmm. it is, um, you know, you feel like you have to justify yourself in this new position mm -hmm. right. or be, you know, start to make your mark early on so you can establish that um, authority with, with um, you know, these people who don't know you from Adam. Right. I, but the other part of it too, I think is um, Air Force culture. I mean, just, the way that our promotion system works, our EPRs and OPRs, at least as they're currently um, threaded, you've got to make some kind of impact. Mm -hmm. You've got to have some kind of quantifiable um, outcome. That's that's positive <laughs> over mm -hmm. your your year span or, or less of, of rating time. Um, and so sometimes when you get into this new job, you've only got a few months left before that EPR OPR closes out. And so you've got to start doing things right away, or you feel like you've got to start doing those things. Yeah, I can relate with that completely. When I got selected for this assignment, mm -hmm. I'm the first in this position, right? And mm -hmm. there's kind of an idea of what we do, but I know clinic work, and I show productivity because we have numbers, and we, we have all kinds of data at the clinic to show that we're rocking it. Mm -hmm. But here, how do you quantify and have data for just doing unit visitations and walk-arounds and like mm -hmm. small little interactions that lead to good things, right? How do you c capture that data? And so for yeah. me, I know that I've had to grow my competencies and develop my skills in a whole new way mm -hmm. um, that's outside the clinic. Right. Did you ever think that you would write an EPR bullet that captured the fact that you've recorded and distributed 75 podcast <laughs> no. episodes, right? Like that's just yeah. not something that you imagined as no. you walked into this Matter position. of fact, when I got on board and Dr. Jerry and um, Chaplin were on here, they were like, oh, you're going to be part of this podcast. I think I died a little. I was just <laughs> like, no, no, I didn't want to be part of it. But it was definitely growing that skill. Yeah. Well, guys, I think we've reached that point in our podcast where we typically uh, start thinking about our listening audience and tips that we would give them. And mm -hmm. I think we've already given them a lot during mm -hmm. this episode in terms we of... We can consolidate them. We can consolidate. Yeah. So, uh, Dr. Jerry, let's start with you. Give us a tip, something that you would uh, want someone new in a position to know, maybe a new leader, but maybe anyone who's kind of assuming a leadership role at any level. Well, I'll, I'll make it even more general than that and, and talk about um, you know, how to navigate transitions. But I'd say uh, Semper Gumby, just be as flexible and go with the flow as you possibly can um, because there's going to be a lot that, that hits you. A lot of things are going to go wrong as you're making this transition. Uh, a lot of things are not going to play out exactly how you thought when you're taking on this new leadership role or you may not you know, understand um, you know the whole situation before you're called to make a decision. So. Um, be as flexible as you can. Um, try to, to you know learn uh, more so than direct, at least in those initial stages, and then rely on the people around you. Uh, I mean, I, I think every good leader um, tries to enter a new organization or a new role with a learning mentality um, rather than a, a directive mentality. Love it. Yeah, and for me, I would definitely recommend you know keep tabs on your expectations, mm. right? Expect expectation management is so huge um, and then have patience like you were mentioning you know let your folks show you what they do 
Yeah. Really sit back, enjoy the being the new guy or gal. Right. And recognizing what's urgent and what's mm-hmm. not. Yeah. I mean, some some stuff doesn't have to be acted upon right away. Literally everything cannot be on fire. <laughs> That's what I've learned. Oh, I you haven't worked with me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for that long. Uh, I guess I would say um, speak well of everyone. Mm. You know, I think when people come into roles, they're new. Um, there's a, especially if you're in a position where you're kind of a middle manager. Mm -hmm. If you've got some subordinates underneath you and you've got some folks who are above you, uh, there's a a tendency to want to please both. Um, Mm -hmm. And sometimes, especially, I don't know if this is a problem for children of divorce uh, specifically, but there's kind of this maybe a tendency to say bad things about one parent so Mm -hmm. that you win credibility with the other parent and vice versa, uh, depending on your audience. Yeah, I had an NCO who did that. <laughs> against me to, yeah. win, to win the approval of his airman. It was right. not fun. Yeah. And if you've ever been in that experience, and that's something that uh, that I experienced personally at the beginning of my career as a brand new CG- CGO trying mm-hmm. to establish some credibility in my clinic, uh, I did what I could to build some credibility with some civilians who'd been there a long time in the clinic um, as, well, as well as try to win over the heart of my um, of my flight commander at the time. And I don't think that I necessarily negotiated that well. Mm. Um, and so I think it's important to speak well of everyone and not to play one entity off of another in order to win credibility or favor uh, with other parts of the organization. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, guys, this feels like kind of a, a natural ending to our podcast, uh, yeah. but maybe not such a natural ending to our relationship with Dr. <laughs> Jerry. Yeah. Well, I've, I've really enjoyed the past two and a half years. It's been an absolute blast. And so um, thank you to you guys and thank you to our yeah. listeners. Um, I'll still be around, still writing the five minutes to thrive for the foreseeable future. So um, you'll still hear my voice in, uh, in word <laughs> for a little bit longer. Absolutely. Well, and thanks from us. You know, it's it's been yes. a it's been a great experience, and certainly need to give you credit for uh, getting this podcast started and uh, and really developing our listening audience and into what it is today. So, mm-hmm. thanks for your support, and we look forward to continuing to work with you in the future. Yeah. Yes, we're we're pulling from our gratitude episode. Yeah, we're right. pulling from our goodbye episode. Ooh. This is great. Some of the stuff we say on here makes yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's actually helpful. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening to The Pillars, the podcast of the 363rd ISR Wing. Signing off for the very last time. I'm Dr. Jerry. I'm Sergeant Joe. And I'm Dr. Reed. Have a great Air Force Day. Mm-hmm.